0: We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good call. Good call. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal.
1: And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. We are recording on September the 10th. We finally have some hockey to watch. How are you, Steve?
0: Um, I'm doing good. I'm exhausted, but um, as some of you know, I traveled around all weekend um, seeing three hockey games in two different countries in three days. Uh, but I'll dive into that a little bit later. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, Traverse City is, is, is here. I mean, we, um, we made it. We finally got to watch our stars in Ranger jerseys, our future stars.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to catch the games cause I've been busy working in there. These games tend to be at a, um, at an unopportune time for me because it tends to be the middle of the day. So why don't you uh, fill us in, Steve, on what's been going on in
0: the Traverse City tournament? Uh, well, unfortunately, I did not. I wasn't able to watch games one and two live because I was driving around all weekend. Uh, I watched them later on, though. Um, the first game, yeah. Uh, the first game basically shows why fans should not expect much from these type of tournaments. Because before the tournament, everyone was saying, "Oh, we're gonna win this, and if we don't win this, it's a disaster." And then you play the first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets prospects, and you lose five-one. Um, I think Columbus scored four goals on two on two-on-one or two-two-and-no breakaways. Uh, so I don't really blame Jorkin for all the goals, but it was, um, yeah, it was not a good start to the tournament. Uh, but the second game, that's when, that's when everything clicked. Uh, Adam Fox ended up with, according to Vitaly Kravtsov, six points. Because uh, the official count is five. But Kravtsov corrected the official Rangers Twitter saying he got six. So uh, they beat this Dallas Stars prospect 7-4. Um, and then the third game, which was yesterday... That was the icing on the cake for a lot of Ranger fans. Capo Caco finally played. Uh, Rangers won. Ranger, Rangers beat Minnesota Wild Prospects 4-3 in overtime. And Capo Kako had a monster game. Three assists uh, and a goal. So he was involved in all four goals the Rangers scored. And his goal was, was amazing. In overtime, skating around the net twice and then backhanding it behind the goalie as a backhand wraparound. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, and of course, today they're playing the, uh, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, St. Louis Blues for the, uh, in the fifth and sixth spot game. And I think at the moment, they're up 5-3. Um, with Carl Henriksen having three assists. Wow, interesting. Uh, Hendrickson is probably the most surprising uh, player on this team. Um, nobody expected him to be on the team because he plays in Europe, he's not under contract, and I think we went over this last week. But he has been playing. He's been playing really good. He centered the uh, off kako line yesterday. Today he's playing without Kako, and he still puts up three assists. So he's uh, – yeah – He's having a really good tournament, and, and when he goes back to Frolunda, I really hope he can solidify himself on the, uh, on the senior team and, uh, and get a spot on either the second or the third line.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's, what's, what's interesting is uh, it, it's amazing how, how he's become kind of like a, a nice little topic here this, uh, this summer.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and at the draft, of course, everyone was rightfully so focused on Capo Caco as the second overall pick, and then the second selection we made this year was uh, defenseman Matthew Robertson in the second round. Uh, we picked him with the second round pick we got for Zuccarello from Dallas, but then the second round pick we got from Tampa Bay in the McDonough trade last year, we used that one for Carl Hendrickson, and... He's a, small, he's a small player, but he's super skilled. Uh, plays a lot with, one, with two of the top prospects for next year's draft, Alexander Holtz and uh, Lucas Raymond. And both of those wingers, who are considered top prospects next year, have, have openly said that they love playing with Carl Hendrickson because he makes them better players. And that's the best praise you can, you can get as a center. So I yeah, think
1: I, I would I would grab and agree with that.
0: I think the Henriksen pick is very underrated, and a lot of people will will overlook him when when looking back at the draft in the next twelve months. Uh, but when he goes back to Europe, I really hope he can yeah he can make a name for himself and like Niels Lundqvist, work his way up in 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 the in the eyes of Ranger fans. Yeah,
1: I mean like. If 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 we get a contributor, um, you get a contributor in the in, in with that with that second round, late second round pick. I mean, that's a heck of a, a steal.
0: Uh, any pick outside of the first round that makes it to the NHL is a good pick. That's a win.
1: I tend to agree with that too. So um, so for Traverse, so for Traverse City. So I guess the real uh, talking points have been: Would you say Adam Fox and Capo Caco are they the real stories we've been looking at?
0: yeah and, and but we shouldn't forget about Vitali Kravtsov. He has had three great games. Um, he, he has shown something on the ice, and I know it's against kids, and this, this guy has played against the best players in the Russian League in the last two seasons, and now he's playing against his prospects. so he should dominate, and he is. But he looks like a magician out there, and he's doing the exact same things that I saw him doing in Russia. And Ranger fans will love him. He, is, he has the, the skill level of Pavel Datsuka. That's, that's, that's the easiest way to explain it. He, he wow. can do things with a puck that other players don't even think about. And part of it is because the last few years, you've seen more and more players uh, emerge who think outside the box. Elias Pettersson is another player who does that. You know, he, he, he doesn't always go for the, uh, for the predictable option. And same with Kravtsov. He does things that you don't really see. Uh, last season in the KHL, there was a play, and you can find it on Twitter because Kravtsov himself retweeted it at the time, where he is behind the opposition's net. And there, there are two opponents coming his way behind the net. And he bounces the puck off the, uh, the metal frame of the goal, mm-hmm. goes around the two defensemen, and then picks up the puck on the other side. That is, that is something you don't really see in the NHL. Yeah. And if, if, if he can do that, if he can pull off those, ty- those type of moves in the NHL, he's going to be a fan favorite for many years. I think after we drafted Kako, attention shifted away from him, with good reason, but... I, I think it will help Kraftsov in the long run because now he's no longer the center of attention. He will be soon enough when he starts to pull off those moves.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with that, man. So, speak, so um, anything else you want to chime in about Travis, say, before we uh, switch gears here? or
0: uh, Not really. Uh, aside from the fact that this was probably the last game we saw Capo Kako play with number 45 because uh, about an hour ago, Larry Brooks... Uh, um, tweeted that Boone Nieves um, asked for a different helmet at uh, a training camp with the Rangers, and he's now skating with the helmet with number 15. Interesting. So there is some chatter now. Does this mean that Kako gets his, gets his number? Um, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we're getting Ryan Callahan back. You never know hey, maybe it's something out of left field and Elias Anderson gets his number back because he used to play with number 24. So.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but and, we, we
1: shall see. No, no one should get too excited about jerseys until until the no, season. No, no.
0: Wait time. wait until the season opener, the regular season opener. That's when you'll know.
1: Yeah, and even, even on top of that, I mean, players switch numbers a lot. So don't even get twisted
0: if like, you know, your, your favorite
1: player decides, oh, I'm going to try this number and then I'm going to switch to this number. Like, it's it happens, guys.
0: And and let's not forget there have been some recent examples of players who switched numbers after the preseason. Um, last year, Brett Howden played the preseason with number forty eight, and then switched to number twenty one for the regular season. Uh, Derek Stepan in two thousand ten switched after the regular after the preseason fifty seven to twenty one, and Kevin Hayes in twenty fourteen. Switched from 59 to 13 all after, after the preseason was over. So maybe we won't even see Kako with number 24 in preseason. Maybe it'll only be for the regular season if it happens.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually very possible, actually. I mean, that's, that's not unlikely to happen. Um, yeah. So uh, tell us about your trip that you, uh, the Lil' Let's Let's talk about that for a minute.
0: Oh, um, it was, um, and, and I know I've been saying this several times over the last year and a half, but this trip was, again, very memorable for all the right reasons. Um, as you know, I live in Vienna, so I don't own a car because you can do everything with public transportation here. So on Friday morning, I went, to, uh, I went to a rental company, rented a car, and drove six hours from Vienna to Augsburg in Germany, just outside Munich. Um, booked into my hotel um, and then went off to the game and I was waiting at the entrance and one of the uh, Lulia fans uh, approached me and started talking to me in Swedish so of course I had to explain to them that I don't really speak Swedish and we switched to English and they were they were uh, saying that they were looking for the um, for the communications manager of the team which is a guy that I know because he set up the interview I had with Neil Slunkquist 6 months ago uh that I wrote for Forever Blue Shirts. So I said, "Oh, I I'll, I'll, and I know I know uh, what entrance he's talking about, so I'll I'll join you and I just want to say I want to say hi to the guy. His name is Robert. So I just want to say hi to Robert, so. So I walk over to him <coughs> and um he he sees me, he shakes my hand, we talk for a few minutes and and he said, um I, I expected you to be here. Um, I just want you to know that Niels is playing tonight. So, uh, and after the game, we're organizing a meet and greet between the players and the fans. Uh, I'll give you a ticket for it because you should come as well. So I was already like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and then and the game, the game itself was awesome. Um, the the atmosphere in Augsburg was crazy. The fans were making so much noise. It almost felt like the, the, the arena was collapsing when, when they were jumping up and down. and Hockey in Europe really is different. Um, Lulia, in the end, won 5-4 in extra time. Um, with Lundqvist assisting on the go in overtime. And after the game, that's, that's when the interesting stuff happened. Um, <clears throat> so we're waiting uh, after the game. Um, waiting in the stands. And after about 15, 20 minutes, the players walk up to us. And uh, Niels is one of, the, one of the players, like, first out of the locker room. And I, I, I wave at him, and he sees me, and he, he imme- immediately walks away from the group and walks to me to, you know, ask me how I'm doing. And so we had a short chat. I asked him how his grandparents are doing and asked him how his ankle was uh, because, of course, he had that, that freak injury in, um, uh, in the summer showcase, two months ago. I don't know if you remember that. No, I heard about it, though. He had a, like a, non, a non-contact injury where he fell very awkwardly. But well, he said, you know, the, the ankle's doing much better. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm not surprised to see you here. And, uh, and so I joked that it was only a six-hour drive, so I had to make it. Um, and as we were talking, he, uh, he looks at me and he's like, uh, I heard you're going to New York uh, next week. And I look at him like, yes i i fly on a 17 but how, how do you know i i didn't tell any of the fans here i didn't tell robert or and he's like oh capo uh, told me that you flew into uh, vancouver to see him at the draft uh so he was uh, we were discussing it and i was just standing there like that's 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 ridiculous that's crazy to, uh, i'm like you, you and and carbo caco talk about me and he just laughs he's like yeah yeah, yeah yeah you he's like you uh came up more than once in the conversation that's that's uh, so wild man <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was so crazy for, like i was just there to you know to shake his hand and and get a puck sign for one of my friends again and And then this conversation started and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Somehow he found out that I'm flying to New York and yeah, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And uh, two days later they played a game in the Czech Republic. So I drove all the way there to see them as well. And in between, I watched the Frolunda game in the Czech Republic. That game ended in 5-3 and the second Lulia game again ended in a 5-4 overtime win. Um, So in uh, two days, I saw, uh, sorry, in three days, I saw three games with, in total, 26 goals. Sheesh. Um and hockey. I spent 16 hours in the car driving around. If, if you see more goals than, than you spend hours in the car, for me, that's, I think, a positive ratio. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, meet, meeting some of the Lulia fans. and um, Oh, and I, I completely forgot to tell you so the friday when we when there was the meeting between the fans and the players um there was one player that i also wanted to you know meet uh noel goodler he's one of the top prospects for next year's draft as well
1: right
0: but he wasn't up there with the fans because he only played about 10 minutes and the players who play a low number of minutes are usually on the on the treadmill uh to on the treadmill to um you know get some cardio in um so I asked Nils, I said, Did you know where Noel Gundler is? Because, you know, I would like to get a picture with him. And, and he looks at me, he's like, oh, he's not here, but I'll I'll talk to Robert and see what we can do. And um, he comes back like a minute later and he's like, just when, when all the fans leave, just stay here and you can walk with us to the locker room and I'll introduce you to him. Wow. <laughs> so I got to meet Noel Gundler and... I had my picture taken and asked him to sign a puck for me. So now I have an Alexander Holt signed puck and a Noel Gundler signed puck. So I'm, I'm, I'm halfway there for the 2020 draft already. Um, but yeah, it was a fun weekend. It was, it was exhausting, um, but, but so worth it. Uh, in, the end, in total, I think I drove about 1,000 miles in three days. Sheesh. You, know, you, you
1: really are the ultimate fan.
0: <laughs> like, there's no
1: way around that. You are the ultimate fan. You I, are like the poster child for it.
0: I'm, I'm, this was just convenient because there were three games relatively close to Vienna.
1: Yeah, I know, but nobody does this stuff,
0: dude. But I mean, yeah, it you was. You are, you
1: are the ultimate fan. I really got to give you credit for that.
0: Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, I love hockey, I love traveling, so why not combine the two, you know?
1: Oh no, I totally get it. So, um, so what about so what's the what's the deal with the MSG network now, man?
0: Oh uh, well, I actually tweeted about this earlier today, and 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 it's something that's been bothering me for a few years. Um, and you know, I don't want to complain too much about MSG networks or the Rangers because you know maybe maybe they just maybe maybe, maybe they they deliberately made this decision, but. Um, for me, it's frustrating to see the lack of original content uh, in the off-season. And I know that, that you know, there's, there's reasons for it because people are not really interested in hockey. But then you look at other organizations and you see that they actually put up uh, original content. And I'm not talking about, you know, MSG beginnings that we've seen six or seven times already. Um, but for instance, the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes, uh, last year had a four episode series that they, uh, uploaded on YouTube. Uh, and I think it's 10 or 15 minutes per episode. So it's, it's between 40 minutes and an hour of, of total content. Uh, and it's called inside the storm. They have four episodes, one that's about the draft lottery. The second one is about, uh, um, the the draft, the third one is about training camp, and the fourth one is about preseason. Um, and in those episodes, you know, they go into the war room and and they talk to the scouts, and they give you they give you like an insight, they give you some insight in on how those how the off season works, you know, uh, what they do with the combine, and and why it's so important to interview players. <laughs> And this year, I was hoping the Rangers would do something similar because we were in the same position. We won the draft lottery and we have the highest pick ever in the NHL entry draft because we had a second round pick in the, in the 1960s, but it was still an amateur draft. And answer so is different. But this is the highest pick the Rangers have ever had in the professional era of the NHL draft. And with the way they've been hyping up the prospects on social media, I just expected them to do something similar. And, you know, you can say that uh, the Rangers are an original six franchise and I don't need to do this, but then look at the Chicago Blackhawks. They've been doing this for three years now. This year, they, they produced season three, where again, they have four episodes, one about the draft lottery. Uh, the second one is about prospects and they go to the under 18 world championships to, to scout these players, they go to the combine and then they go to the draft and it's so much fun to see this content. And I, I sort of expected the Rangers and or Madison uh, Square Garden, MSG Networks to do something similar, but they just didn't. There's, there's nothing. There are like four or five one minute videos and that's it.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It, it it's it's a problem it's an issue I've had with MSG for quite a while is their their lack of their lack of content for um you know, for, for either like like the small things, like outside of the actual game and the pregame and postgame stuff. It's like They never do off season stuff. They never do draft stuff. They never do training camp stuff. They never do rookie camp stuff. They never do any of these little any of those little tournaments. They never, you know, any of our players playing in the World Junior Championships or any of our players playing overseas. Like you never see any stuff on them. It's like you have to go out and about to find it. And that's, you
0: know, the last couple of years, or even the last fifteen years, that was perfectly fine. There was no reason to be excited about about prospects. But in 2019, things are different. You have Kraftsoft that who came over. You traded for Adam Fox. You got the second overall pick and you selected Capo Caco. And to me, you have two options here. Either you hype your prospects and then give your, your fans some content. Or you shut up about it and don't produce anything. Those are your two options, in my opinion. What the Rangers have done, they've been hyping up the prospects, but then not create any content. It's like, right. it's like it's like it's like it's like putting putting a, uh, a piece of bacon on a dog's uh, uh, nose, and then and then take it away from him.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. It's and, just- I, and, and unfortunately, that doesn't you know that, that that doesn't suffice.
0: No, and 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 the fans who say the Rangers don't have to do, it, I know they don't have to. Neither do the Chicago Blackhawks, but they still do it. You know, it's as a service to their fans. They. They cater to their fans. If you want the Rangers to be invested in these prospects, you have to give them something. If you don't, then, then all you'll hear all season is, oh, I still cannot believe we traded Matt Zuccarello. Because fans will be stuck in the past. You have to make them connect with these prospects. And yeah, I'm, I I'm, sure. I'm, that's the only thing. I'm just upset that we were upset. I'm just disappointed that we didn't really get any original content that other franchises have put out in the past i was just expecting it maybe maybe wrongfully but i was hoping for at least something
1: yeah the thing about madison square garden is they're 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 very traditional and they're very old school they don't they're not going to try to push the, the limit especially when it comes to content they're just not that's not their thing they're they're a little bit more old school in that Even the stuff they do at camp and stuff, it's very limited. It's very, you know, and it's very vanilla, which is fine, too. I don't even mind if it's vanilla, but at least it's something. Because for me, this, you know, like after once once the draft came and went and free agency kind of died down. I got to be honest, guys, like I haven't paid attention to anything hockey. I've been enjoying my summer. I've been, you know, working. I've been, you know, enjoying the weather. Like I'm just out doing things. And you know it's, MSG hasn't done anything to try to get me to be like, hey, you should watch this show right now.
0: Yeah, and and if if that's their decision, that's fine. I just don't agree with it. Yeah,
1: I don't agree with it either. I think it's I think it's I think they're not capitalizing on the hype they've built up.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and now, you know, they play in Trapper City, you have all these updates on on Twitter and and Instagram and people are interested. They want more. So give them more. Like I said, just, you know, make them connect with these prospects.
1: I I completely agree, man. I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. So yeah,
0: that was my 10 or 15 minute gripe towards MSG networks and um, my disappointment in the lack of content. But, I just had to and get it off. And, right. it's,
1: and it's a good gripe. I, I, I think you're totally right.
0: Yeah, and totally and yeah. right. We, we, we talked about, you know, not broadcasting the Traverse City games on, Madison, uh, on, on MSG. That I get. Because you're not going to send a camera crew to some, some rink in the middle of nowhere that is not set up for broadcasting anyway. Um, and fans already have a reason, to, have a way to watch the games through the Fox Sports Go app. So I sort of get that. But this is, you know, if you're going to spend the budget on all these MSG beginnings episodes over the last few years, why can you not do do the same and follow Kapo Kako around for the summer? After you draft him, send a camera crew to Turku, go with him. You know. Let let it it, just just follow like a day in the life of of our new top prospect. Something. But it just it's it's not there. And and I'm a bit disappointed. And in the same way I was disappointed that the road to the NHL Winter Classic episodes were only twenty minutes. Whereas in the past when it was done by HBO, the episodes were an hour. But at least we had something. Now we have nothing.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you're, you're totally right. Look, I'm 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 with you on, on, on this. It's 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 something that has bugged me for a while, but I've never been as vocal about it as you have been. So, um, kudos to you for for getting out there about that.
0: To to be fair, and I'll I'll say something positive about social media and the Rangers. It does look like they hired someone new because they have been pumping out content, like they've been pumping out tweets and information like they've never done before this offseason.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe they finally hired Fitz.
0: Um. So yeah, and and th- and this this ties in with what I said earlier. You know, you get you get your fans excited, and then it's still it's still a week preseason is still eight days away, and yeah, no. you know, give give your fans something. You know, you, your fans are paying to go to your games. If if the Chicago Blackhawks can do it, then there's no reason the Rangers shouldn't. That that's that's my final point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're totally right. So let's let's move on to the the questions for the week.
0: Other questions. All right. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I I feel like if we keep if we keep bashing uh, the MSG network, they're gonna come after us. So let's just get on. Let's just get, <laughs> go on.
0: <laughs> no no I wasn't really going to bash them but yeah uh, you're probably right um, well, most of the questions are about Traverse City and since you haven't watched them uh, I, guess, I guess I have to answer them myself you, you will have to yep. I'll just leave the other questions for you then um, so the first question is from Larry D'Antonio what have you seen from Kako at Traverse City and has impressed you the most so far and the same goes for Kraftsov. Um, Arkako is just... He's strong on the puck. He... It's, it's, we, we saw this at the World Championships when he played against Team USA and, and in overtime uh, Ryan Suter couldn't get him off the puck. He was playing against Prospects this time and it was even more, uh, more obvious. He looks like Jaromir Jagr out there when he's controlling the puck. Um... I, I'm not saying that that's the the player you should compare him to him just in terms of how strong he is on the puck um but he's skating with ease, his strides are very long, so even though he doesn't look so fast, he is pretty fast um and Kraftsoff has been Kravtsov has been doing crosssoff things you know out of the box thinking um passes that 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 not even his teammates expect um I think, I think Kravtsov and Kako will both have good seasons for the Rangers. And I expect both of them to... Well, I expect Kako to be on the Rangers for 82 games. And Kravtsov, at least 65. Really? Um, yeah. I, I don't see Kravtsov spending too much time in the AHL. Okay. Um... Yeah, and the, the second question is from Alex Hellman. Um, I've been loving what I've seen so far from Carl Henriksen. What do you think of his performance so far?
1: I mean, you've been excited about him, so I, I guess that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, Henriksen, like I said it earlier, he, uh, he had a good game yesterday. Good game on, on – uh, when was the second game? On Saturday. Sunday was the, uh, the, the day in between where they had a rest day. Uh, and today, he has three assists again. So And today, he didn't even play with, uh, with Kako or Kroftsov. Um, who is he centering today? Oh, let me check that for you. Sean McBride and Jake Elmer. Oh, wow. And he puts up three assists in a 5-3 win. Wow. That's not bad.
1: No, not bad at all, actually. It's really good.
0: Um... So yeah, I mean he's he, he's had a good tournament. Um, he will go back to Europe because he's not on a contract. Um, right. I really hope he can he can continue this trend and get some game time with Frolunda. Um I do expect him to play for Sweden in the World Juniors uh, in December. So Ranger fans will be able to see something of him uh, during that tournament. Um, which, by the way, Nils Lundqvist will play uh, in as well because he's only 19. Uh, we have three prospects on the under-20 Sweden team this year, with goalie Olaf Lindbaum as well.
1: I forgot about I forgot about Lindbaum. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he kind of he, he kind of gets a he kind of he kind of gets like uh, forgotten about prospect, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, one because he's a goalie, and we have Stjorkin and Georgiev and Adam Huska. Um, and, of course, he plays in Europe, so a lot of Ranger fans sort of forget about him. And Nils Lundqvist still makes the headlines, um, because, you know, I try to share as much as I can. Um, but others as well, when, whenever he has a good game, and it's, it's, it's becoming a regular thing now. Uh, you see stuff on Twitter show up about Nils Lundqvist, and people are starting to hear his name more and more. Uh, whereas Lindbom spent half the season last year uh, injured on the sidelines with a concussion. Um, and then later in the season, he was called up to the senior team to be the backup goalie. So there's not a lot of content to write about when, when your goalie prospect is, be, is the backup at age 18 in the SHL. Um, but this year, he has a good chance to win the starting job in Alsvenskan, which is the second level. So hopefully he uh, he can have a, a good season this year and gain some interest from Ranger fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then you just just keep that pipeline going because you never you never
0: know with goalies. I mean,
1: like you could, you know. I mean, you always want to have a deep pipeline because you just never know.
0: Um, it took Lundqvist five years from the moment he was drafted to the moment he made the NHL. Uh, it took Jorkin five years between you know, between being drafted and being coming uh, and and coming over. We drafted Lindbom a year ago, so by that logic and that timeline, we still have four years to go before, before we probably see him in New York. Um, so with goalies, you have to be even more patient than with defensemen. Yeah. Good point. All right, so next question? Uh, next question is one that I'll have you answer, because um, I think this is one for you. Um, by, um, what's his name? Uh, Russell. Um, why is Lindy Ruff still here? Can this defense improve enough to give them a chance to string wins together? Why is Lindy Ruff still here?
1: Ah, uh, uh, fuck if I know. I have no idea. Uh, he should he been gone a long time ago. I I, no, I knew I you, you no enjoyed that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Russ. I mean, I I bang my head against the wall about that all the time. I have no idea. It it infuriates me that he's still that he still fucking part of this organization. I just yeah. he just doesn't he's, it's not he it's not like I mean he was brought here. Look, he hasn't done one thing to make me say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe worth keeping on." You know, holding on to him. I would just I mean, why not have David Quinn pick his own? You know, uh,
0: you know, assistant. Um, I will. I will have a counter argument for that. I play doubles advocate here.
1: Of course, you will.
0: David Quinn uh, is a coach that came from college. He brought two guys with him that also came from college. Lindy Ruff was already in New York and has NHL experience. I think they just wanted someone on the coaching staff with a little bit of know-how of what life in the NHL is like.
1: Nah, I don't. I don't think it's that important,
0: honestly. All right. I think. I, I think.
1: I think. I think. I think... I think that logic is overplayed.
0: Hmm.
1: That's just my thought. I think it's overplayed. That's a good overplayed logic. I get it if maybe the guy you, you know, like you want someone deep in the organization that maybe Quinn can lean on, but I mean, his his day-to-day operation, I'm not that concerned with whether the person has head coaching experience or not. Um, I really, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't.
0: Okay. But, fortunately, I don't. Fortunately he's still here.
1: So yeah, yeah. And the second part of the question was, um, can this defense be any better? Is that was that kind of the gist of the question?
0: Uh, can this defense improve enough to give them a chance to string a few wins together?
1: <sighs> um, I think I think Truba I think Truba and um, Shea is going to be a very good pair. Actually, um, it's after that that I have tons of questions. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get out of, out of Mark stall, if anything. Um, and that's, a you know, I mean, Brendan Smith is still on this team, unfortunately, and has a roster spot to eat up. Um, the problem is, is there's some dead weight on this, on this defense and there's a lot of young kids trying to push the envelope. So until we start, you know, getting past, the old guard and start throwing in some, some of the uh, the younger kids. I don't know how, what this defense is really going to look like. And let's also be real. We've also got a lot of kids that are, that, that, you know, if they make the team are rookies or very young, you know, you've got Adam Fox and Rykov and um, you know, I mean, like the, there's a ton of kids. I mean, how do you know that Hayek doesn't make the team? So there's a bunch of other kids that are, that are young, that are probably going to be on this roster or could be on this roster. So, um, on top of all that, you know, those guys are going to have growing pains too. So I actually surprisingly think the defense might be the same as last year. I don't know if they're going to be better. Um, and I, you know, I've said this a bunch of times, losing Shattenkirk Kirk actually hurts you more than helps you. I think he was better than people give him credit for. Um, especially if you're only relying on him for your second or maybe even third pair at this point, mm-hmm. um, I think he's better than whatever option. He's going to be a better option than Stahl and, um, and Smith. I'll tell you that. So that hurts you from that standpoint. Um, I just don't think that this defense is going to be very good. Um, I think the first pair of Truva and, and, um, and Shea is going to be good. It's after that that I have lots of question marks. Um, can Tony D'Angelo have another good year? I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, he's so who, there's a lot of question marks. Well, a- honestly, after the first two, the first, the first pair, there's so many question marks, so many question marks.
0: The biggest question mark for the Angelo is if he will even play for the Rangers, of course. I mean,
1: that's possible too. I mean, you, we, we forget that he's not even signed right now. So who the heck knows? And I think, I mean, you have talked about it is at some point, is D'Angelo going to be pushed off this, this depth chart because of the amount of, of young kids coming through the pipeline that might push him out of a job if he, doesn't secure a spot down the road
0: yep and if you if you look at the uh, the right side of the defense uh you have truba who's 25 uh fox who's 23 d'angelo who's 21 and then nils lundquist who's 19 so there's a two-year gap between all of them each like two years each um maybe d'angelo will just be a stopgap between now and when Niels Lundqvist comes over. Maybe that's why they don't want to sign him long-term. Uh, aside from, you know, the cap issues we're having, um, it's going to be an interesting situation. And uh, he's one of many restricted free agents still unsigned. I mean, it's, it's the 10th of September. Zach Wierensky signed yesterday, so one one name is off the list. There's still so many left. Uh, D'Angelo and Lemieux are just two of them, but... You have Kyle Connor, Patrick Line, Matthew Kachuk, Mitch Marner, Braden Point, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Brock Besser. There's so many unsigned prospects still on the list. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ivan Provorov. Uh, it's just the list goes on and on. Um, so there might be a bigger issue than what just what the Rangers are dealing with. Yeah,
1: I, I think also the uh, the fact that the cap didn't go up this year has really. Caught a lot of teams and a lot of GMs off guard.
0: Yes, yes, because the projection, of course, was that it was going up by uh, two and a half, or or th- even three and a half million, and I think at the end it only went up by one point five. So yeah, that's
1: a big. That's a big deal.
0: That's about two million that 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 you know you were counting on in your calculations, and all of a sudden you cannot use. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's interesting to see what's going to happen. But with the Angelo, if he doesn't sign, it opens up a, a, a roster spot for someone else. Um, I don't I don't think I I feel really comfortable doing that. But on the other hand, I don't think we are a playoff team with the Angelo on the team yeah, anyway. So no, I, I, I
1: don't I don't think he makes a breaks for a playoff team, but. My my thinking is I, I do wonder with the plethora of defensive prospects the Rangers have I do wonder if they're starting to look at D'Angelo a little bit differently than they did two years ago when they first started this uh, this
0: rebuild. That's that's very possible. That I mean, in the last twenty four months, so many things have changed. Yep. Um, yeah. So yep. For, um,
1: troop troop is here. Fox is here. All of a sudden, like when you counted on the right side, to think D'Angelo was your answer. Now you've got Fox and Truba there fighting for playoff, fighting for uh, roster spots with him. So Mm -hmm. he might become that afterthought.
0: I was actually, uh, when I was on my way, uh, when I was driving around on the weekend, I, um, you know, when you drive for five hours, you get bored. You want to listen to something. And, and to be perfectly honest and no disrespect, if we have any listeners from the Czech Republic, but Czech radio sort of sucks. Um, so what I did was I was listening to some old podcasts from uh, Blue Shirt Banter, and there was one episode from, I think, April or early May, right after we won the draft lottery, and there was one episode where they were like, so which one is more likely, that we trade for Truba, that we acquire Fox, or that we sign Panarin? And I'm sitting in the car, and I'm just laughing, thinking, dude, all three happened. <laughs> yeah, what's the likelihood of that, man? That's crazy. <laughs> We were discussing which of the three is most likely, and five months later, I'm, re-list- I'm listening again to this episode, and I'm like, yeah, all three, dude, all three. It's still, it's still insane. Yeah,
1: that's pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie, man. I, got, it, I don't think anybody predicted that.
0: No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's been a, a crazy year for the Rangers. Yeah. Ever since April nine, it has been heaven. It just, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, winning the draft lottery, signing all these players, trading for Fox, trading for Truba, signing Panarin. Uh, I mean, where does it end? Let, let's hope it doesn't end.
1: Yeah. S- speak, speaking of, one thing we didn't talk about the last time we were on the air before we get to the next question. Is there any more questions? Yeah,
0: there are a few more. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so before we get to the next questions, um, I did want to bring this up that we didn't bring up last time. Did you see Corey Promen's um, full scope of, uh, of rankings?
0: Oh, yes, we have to discuss this. We have to. So,
1: Corey and White, I don't think he particularly, I don't know whether he not doesn't like the Rangers. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he has any. I don't think he has any, any personally, but And I kind of question his ranking sometimes. But surprisingly, he put the Rangers prospect pool at number one.
0: He's, he's, not first, he's not the first one to do it, though. The NHL did it. Elite Prospects did it. Uh, sporting News, I think, also put us number one. Uh, and now the athletics, so it's, it makes sense. Um, I don't have a problem with us being the number one prospect pool. But boy, do I, do I, do I have issues with the ranking of the range of prospects in that article. Oof. Um, I mean, where do I start? Um, having Rayunen and Morgan Barron in the 20s. Right. Yeah. Having Sean Day over Yegor Orykov?
1: Yeah, you got me. I, I don't
0: know. Having, having Nils Lundqvist behind Joey Keane as Zach Jones and Matthew Robertson? It, sorry, it makes no sense. And I know that Proman doesn't watch European hockey as much as I do or as much as other people do, but come on. What, what has Zach Jones, a third-round pick, three months ago, done to be considered a better prospect than Nils Lundqvist. And I like Zach Jones. I do. I like Joey Keane, too. There's just no reason I would, I would rank them ahead of Nils Lundqvist. To me, Nils Lundqvist is a top five prospect in the organization. And yeah. as we discussed last week, this is the one thing we disagree on. I think he's a better prospect overall than Andre Miller. I'll be willing to accept that Andre Miller is a better prospect. That still doesn't mean that Nils Longquist should fall outside of the top five.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. You know what, uh, this, this might be a question um, that I want to throw out to our buddy Drew Way on this because I'd like to get his input on that, why you know, Corey's rankings are the way they are. So maybe we'll bring Drew back on the show, we'll throw this out to him and Sure our podcast. Cause I'd like to know like what, what he thinks. Cause it's always good to get another, another prospect ranking guys. Like, what, what is Corey thinking with his, his prospect pool? I, 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 it's, to, it, it, I mean, his, his rankings for the Rangers prospects. It's a little weary to me. The only thing it looks like from Corey's perspective is that he values the boom or bust probably more so than the safe bet to make the NHL, which I guess, but it's just even that it sometimes can be a little wonky. So, Um, let's just, we'll throw that out to Drew at some point. Um, anyways, but yeah, just, but the fact is the Rangers by, uh, you know, various different media outlets and reporters do have the, you know, the number one overall, um, prospect ranking and that's with graduating Heedle and Anderson and Howden. So,
0: um, do you know where we were ranked, uh, two years ago? I would probably say in the bottom third.
1: Yes. By all of them. Yeah, they, so there you go. So what an amazing job that Jeff Gordon has done. Yep. Um, yeah, so the next next question.
0: Uh, yeah, one short thing before we move on to the next question. I didn't mention this when I was talking about my weekend, but um, if people are interested in seeing a, a, a typical Nils Lundqvist play, there is a GIF that I retweeted, uh, and I'll retweet it again tomorrow morning when we release the episode. It's, a, it's about a 30-second sequence where – he uh, prevents a breakaway, then blocks a puck with a skate, and then skates the puck out of the zone while his teammates go for a line change. It's to me, it has everything you 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 could want from a defenseman. It has awareness, gap control, puck handling, and you know, the the hockey IQ you need. Not just dump it in, carry the puck into the che- into the opponent's zone so your line mates can go for a change. And after that, they had sustained pressure for about a good two minutes. Dang. I will retweet that GIF. It's, 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 it's the one thing that stood out to me in a game where he scored a goal and had an assist. Yeah, definitely send that. Sorry. Uh, next question. is actually a follow-up question from Russell. Um, does Quinn improve and how much? Does he put an end to the too many men penalties this season early on? You
1: would think so. I would be highly shocked if we lead the league in, pe- in, in too many men on the ice penalties again. I'd be shocked.
0: It, it, it seems like a Rangers thing, though. I remember a few years ago, the Ranger players were so terrified of a too-many-men call that they were jumping up and down just to not be hit by a puck. It, 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 it turned into a meme. <laughs> you remember this, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I hope Quinn improves because... Honestly, I know he's a good coach. I'm still not completely sold on him. Um, I think he has, his, he has some, some serious flaws he needs to work on. But compared to Alain Vigneault, he was a breath of fresh air. So let's hope his second season will be better.
1: Yeah, I would say compared to a lot of other coaches in the NHL, I tend to, I, I tend to like a lot what he brings. I think the communication factor, holding players responsible – those are good building things for kids to have. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely on board with him there. Now, look, is he the, is he the coach that, that takes him over the hump five to seven years from now? I don't know. But I think for the next couple of years, while his team is building an identity of, of you know hard work and responsibility, I think he's
0: the, he's the, he's the, he's the perfect coach for that. Mm-hmm. And here's a question about David Quinn. Do you think people are positive about him because he's so different from other coaches or – do you think people are generally positive about him because they don't have any negative experience with him yet? I think it's the first. Because as a coach coming from college, he doesn't have any negative experience in the NHL yet. When you hire a coach like, just name a random coach, Peter Laviolette, fans will, will find something from years ago that they don't like about the guy. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. If, if, the, uh, if the Boston Bruins... Hire John Tortorella next year. Some Bruins fans will, will pick up something that, that he did as a Rangers coach and go, I don't like this guy. David Quinn was unknown; nobody knew who he was, so there was no, there is no history to to fall to, you know, to to go back to and, and find something you dislike about the guy. Maybe that factors into why people are so positive about it.
1: I, I still think it's the former. I think uh, it's I think it's because of you know. I I think it's because of the positives. I don't think it's because we don't know much on him yet.
0: Okay. Um, And then I have a few more questions from Kurt. Um, What are your expectations for Philip Hedl?
1: That's a good question. Um, How many points did he score last year? 21.
0: Let me look it up for you. I should actually have these pages open before we record, but...
1: Yeah, this is this is stellar podcasting by
0: Oscar. Uh, that's all right. Uh, Twenty three in seventy five games.
1: Okay, so I, I expect him to obviously surpass that. I think thirty is a bare minimum number. I think he should have. I if he cracks forty, I think that's a great season.
0: Okay, that's 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 probably a, a fair uh, projection.
1: You know, it, the closer he gets to a half point per game, the better. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think if he gets to a half I think if he gets to like 0.5 points per game, um we're ecstatic on it. We're just like wow, like he hits 40 to 41 points, I mean, you're just you're ju- you're jumping up and down.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um so what are your expectations of Leas Anderson then? I actually have a lower bar
1: for Leas Anderson. Um I really do. I, I I mean, to me, I think I'm not going to be looking so much at the point total for Leas Anderson as I'm going to be looking for um, just consistency on the ice. Uh, th- that's the thing I think that we're, we're trying to find. I think he needs to identify, a, um, you know, a, a kind of a role moving forward. And that to me is bigger, bigger than the, the points per game. I think the points per game, because of the style of play he might play, will probably just come over time. So I'm not going to say to myself, well, uh, I need to see 20 from him or 25 or 30. Like, I don't want to put a number on him. But what I want to see is I want to see consistent play and have him driving play, you know, with his with his line mates. I want to see him making little plays out there. I want I want him to do all those little things that I've that I seen from him when they first drafted. Okay. Uh,
0: And and where do you see him play? Like now, that's a.
1: I I think he's probably gonna be a third line center.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I think if he's a fourth line center, um. That's where I start to get into the debate of, like, do you want to put him in Hartford? Where it's like, how many minutes is he going to get on the fourth line as opposed to the first line in Hartford? Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I don't care if he starts in Hartford. It wouldn't bother me. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I just – I don't see him spending time in Hartford this season um, for two reasons. Uh, First, Hartford is a tire fire. You don't want your prospects there. And two, he has played in Hartford last year. I think they just want to keep him with the big club this season and just see, see what happens. Uh, when he came back from Hartford late in the season in uh, late February, he was actually playing much better than he was early in the season. Um, when he was on a line with Lemieux and Butch that's probably the best hockey I've seen him play in a Rangers jersey. And this was around the same time that Brett Howden had that massive dip in not just produ- uh, production, but also his on-the-ice play. Um, so, yeah, I, know, I don't know. Maybe Lias can build on that. Um, I, think, I think when he was sent down to Hartford, he, was, it, he, just, he just looked disinterested when he went down to Hartford. And I can understand that. It's, it's not something you want. Um, but I don't see it happening this season. If if there are players going to Hartford, it's probably going to be Krafsov, but not too long. Rikov. Um and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Howden spends uh, spends some time in Hartford during the season. Because I
1: think I, I think that's I think that's even more possible than, than the other guys.
0: Yeah, because Brett Brett Howden had a great start to the season last year, and then he sort of fell off a cliff. But he was still in the lineup. That's when he probably should, should have been sent down, you know, to gain some, gain some confidence and, you know, play some more minutes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he spends some time in, in Hartford this year. He is still waiver exempt, so they, they could make it happen. Um, but I, I guess it all depends on what our team will, uh, will shape up to be. Um do we do we play with Lias as the third line center and Howden as the fourth line center? Is one of them going to the wing? Uh what's happening with Nemesnikov? Is Kreider gonna be here all season? It's uh speaking of Kreider being uh being here all season or not, uh Krafsov played on the left wing in Traverse City. Interesting. Um and Actually, for, uh, Forever Blue Shirts had an article about it today, and uh, they used one of my tweets from last year. I did a, um, uh, what do you call it, um, a summary of left-wing and right-wing games for Kravtsov in the KHL, and his production playing on the left-wing was significantly higher than it was on the right-wing in, in the same amount of games played. Huh. Wow. So we might, we, if, we, if, if Kreider is trader, traded, we might even see Kroftsov on the left wing.
1: Yeah, that's completely possible. Yeah.
0: But again, uh, that, 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 that also depends on what uh, David Quinn is, uh, is going to do. David Quinn, last season, was not really known for handing out minutes to prospects. You know, they had to earn him.
1: Yeah. Very good point, man.
0: The, uh, the final few questions are also from Kirk. Um, it's great to have three goalies until it isn't. <laughs> are, I, 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 lo- I love the way he phrased this already. It's great to have three goalies until it isn't. Are you concerned about the Rangers' ability to manage the situation?
1: No, not at all.
0: What, you is, your, that? what is your expectation? Because my expectation is that Chess starts in Hartford.
1: Yeah, that, that's my expectation too. I think Shestorkin starts in Hartford. I think Georgiev is going to be the backup and they're going to ease him in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 still, I would still play with the waiver exemption, you know, around the 16 game mark with G- Georgiev, but it's up to the Rangers. Um, if they can have uh, like play in the AHL for a year, year and a half, like Vasilevsky did uh, with the Syracuse Crunch, Um, He could come over at the end of the 2021 season and then replace Lundqvist when his contract's up.
1: Yeah, it's completely possible.
0: And then we would go into the new season with two Russian goalies who will be, at the time, only 25 years old.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, it's also not impossible that somebody gets traded.
0: I don't see I I don't see one of the Russian goalies uh, being traded away. I just don't see it happening.
1: Okay, I mean I don't think it's impossible for one of them to be traded.
0: Okay, so so let's 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 entertain this this idea then. Let's say they trade Georgiev next year, twenty twenty, yes. In the season. Okay, you go into the new season with Lundqvist and Shostakov. You get Correct. for Georgiev, you get what maybe a second round pick. I think he's good
1: enough that I could probably ask for a first. Okay. I think, especially if he has a really good year this year.
0: Okay. Um, So you get to 2021. Blomqvist's contract ends. He retires. Yep. And you're left with Chef Shorten. Yep. Who else?
1: You don't need anybody else. Are that's you 100%. Sure? I mean, you need a backup, and you could just find a backup. Well, wow.
0: that, that only works if you are 100% sure that Chess will reach the level that's needed to be a starter in the NHL.
1: Well, right, and, that's, and, that's, and obviously that's the caveat, is if we see enough in his game to warrant that. If we do, then it makes Georgiev a lot more expendable, so to speak. Or you can even argue the other way around, that maybe Georgiev becomes a shining star and Chess doesn't, which... I mean, that's not impossible.
0: Shes Jorkin might have more value in a trade since he's waiver exempt in the expansion draft.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, you probably get a lot for him.
0: We'll probably, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves again with these hypotheticals. And...
1: Right, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's impossible that one of them is, is traded down the road. I don't think that's impossible.
0: Mm. All I, right. don't think,
1: I don't think that's impossible at all.
0: So I, I have a question or two for you still, then. Aside from the, the top three prospects, so Fox, Crafts, or Kaka, which rookie do you think will play the most games in the NHL this year? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Hmm. Wow. Um... I'm going to go with Hayek. He's still a rookie, right? Yeah. No, 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 no.
0: For, for, for this, he's not a rookie. He's already played in the NHL. We're talking about players who have not played in the NHL yet.
1: Oh, well, I mean, because I, I, I look at a rookie as someone who's just not called or eligible.
0: Okay, yeah, no, uh, you need to play 26 games, I think, to be no longer uh, eligible as a rookie. Right. But, so, I mean, like, that's why I
1: would say Hayek, because I think he's going to place... I think he might get the most games at okay. all. But, I mean, if we're taking Hayek out of the equation, probably Rykov. Who? Rykov. Okay. I think, I think some of those defensemen are going to bounce around a bit.
0: Yeah, I think Reuninen is going back to Finland. Um, I think Rykov will, has a chance to make the NHL. Um, my, my wild card for this, and this, this depends, of course, on a trade or two uh, or maybe an injury, but what if, and we discussed this yesterday, I think, is it, is it out of the question that Joey Keane plays in the NHL this season? That would be a stretch. I don't see him playing this soon. That's pretty soon, man. Okay. So, so Rykov is probably out of the uh, outside the top three. Rikoff's probably the most likely, then. No? I would think
1: so. Him or him, him, and then depending on how you, you know, just you know, justify rookie, so to speak, like him or Hayek are probably going to have a bunch of games because I think you're going to have a revolving door around that 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 defensive uh, core.
0: Yeah, and I think and it's
1: going to be a revolving door no matter how you look at it.
0: And is it safe to assume that Lindgren's chances are pretty much over? Done. Uh,
1: uh, there are some guys that are Lingren fans out there. <laughs> I am not one of them, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, I think his game is very limited. Um, he's kind of like a, a brute guy. he's a decent skater, but you know, he doesn't have any finesse at all to his game. Um, not to say that that you know you need to have fin- some finesse to be in the NHL, but I just don't, I mean, with the amount of talent the Rangers have currently in their in their uh, in their defense like as far as their prospects are concerned I mean if you look at I mean I hate saying it but I think Sean Day has more as a more of a chance to be an NHLer than Ryan Lindgren and I don't mean that in terms of like being a professional player because Lindgren will have some value somewhere in the NHL he'll probably make the NHL more likely than Sean Day but Sean Day's upside is higher you know, I just, I just feel like we have more higher upside players than Lingren. Lingren's a safe bet to probably meet the NHL, but I don't see him being anything more than a third pair on some team.
0: That's such a prominent answer. It is a prominent. But it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth.
1: Like I just don't see him. I, 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 I don't see. I don't see him ever cracking, cracking anything more than third pair.
0: Mm.
1: I just don't. He, his game doesn't translate to anything more than that. It just doesn't. You know whereas some of the some of the other ranger prospects um i mean heck even joey keen like joey keen could very reasonably be a second pair guy got he's got a lot he's got a lot of upside there so so could you know i mean rykov and you know and and you know and all of these guys i mean like you know hayek and they all can be second pair guys they all have more upside than than you know um than lindgren does lindgren lindgren can't like when this rebuild first started, Lingren was kind of one of the, oh, we got, we got a defensive prospect. And then within a year and a half, he went to the bottom of the totem pole because of all the prospects we got. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I mean, you know, he's, I don't even think, if you were to rank all the prospects, right, all the defensive prospects, is he even in your top five? No. Is he in your top seven?
0: Probably. Maybe.
1: I don't even think he's there.
0: Maybe, but no. Okay, so so prospects that are better than 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 um, Miller, Lundqvist, yep. Robertson. You got to
1: include Fox because Fox is still a prospect.
0: Okay, Fox. That's four. Ricoff is five. Rayonan is six. Um, Zach Jones.
1: Yep, I think he's better.
0: Um, that that's seven. Yeah. Libor Hayek, because Libor Hayek is better. That's Robertson,
1: eight. Robertson, Robertson's better. Uh, yeah, I
0: mentioned Robertson. Oh, uh, sorry.
1: Um, I mean, heck, I I'd put Sean Day above him.
0: I'd probably put the two Swedish defensemen we have also ahead of Lindgren. To be honest. So I mean, like we're pretty, we're at a point
1: where we all be I mean, he's even in the top ten of our defensive prospects.
0: Probably not.
1: Yeah, that's not a good sign for him. Yep. You know, it's just the reality, dude. You know, I mean, when you have when you have very limited, when your game is very limited, it's very easy to get passed by. And his game is rather limited. That's all. Yeah. Not to say that he doesn't have a role. Not to say that he can't play in the NHL. But he I mean, like we said, there's, you know, half a dozen or maybe even a dozen players in the, in the Rangers you know farm system that have a higher upside than him.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, something really needs to happen for him to make it.
1: Yeah, he would have to dramatically change his game and become an impact player. Yeah, which I don't see that happening. He's, you know, he's more of like a tough guy. He'll like he'll lay the he'll lay the body out for someone and all that stuff, and that's great and all. But like those guys, I hate saying it; those guys are a time a dozen. You know, finding a guy that controls the puck and can make a play. Those are guys that are harder to find and more, and more caught. Co- and, you know, they're just, they're more costly. Yeah. And they provide more wins for you. So they're just going to be, you know, uh, a higher premium.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, I think the days of, um, of, you know, the, like the, the, the stay at home defenseman is slowly coming to an end as well. Um, because people always talk about, you know, you have to rate defensemen about, uh, based on the goals they prevent, which is, I mean, I can, I can agree with that, but you, you can prevent your opponent from scoring by possessing the puck. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, getting the pucking and, and getting it out of the zone like Girardi has done for 10 years.
1: No, that's, uh, you, know, you know, what's funny is that, is that to, to, to translate this to a different sport that's a very, you know, football Patriots type of mentality. It's ball control. It's, if I've got the ball, you don't. i got the puck, you don't.
0: It's, uh, it's the European way of hockey, to be honest. North American hockey is all about territory. European hockey is more about possession. That's why when European players, and, and people should, should, should just, you know, pay, t- pay attention to this and you'll see it. When European players come over to play in the NHL, you don't see them dump the puck and go for a line change. You see them circle back, go behind their own net, wait for their teammates to go for a change, hand off the puck, and then go to the bench. Because I he,
1: Yeah, I do, I do notice that, actually.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's a different approach to hockey. And I know it's easier in, on the bigger rinks to have that, that, that free-flowing style of hockey that's based on possession, but more and more you see that seeping into North American hockey. And it's very interesting. For me, yeah, I, I agree with that.
1: Uh, we kind of got off the rails a little bit. Are we just we, we're over with the questions now? No, no, back? that was the
0: last question. I mean, oh, okay. we, uh, we 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 went off topic for like 10 15 minutes, but yeah, it, that's fine. All, good. It's all good.
1: It's all good, guys. All right, so you're gonna be in New York uh next week, is it?
0: Uh, I'll fly in the 17th, go to the Devil's game on the 18th. So, uh, depending on the lineup. Uh, I'll pick the jersey I'm wearing. Um, if it, if Kravtsov's playing, it'll be his. If Kako's if Kravtsov's not playing and Kako is playing, I'll wear a Kako jersey. If That's they're nice. both if they're both playing, I'll I'll pick. I'll still go with Krafstov. Uh, because Krafstov is, is is yeah, Kravtsov is is is, a, is is more my guy than Kako and. I don't know. I mean, I'm just more excited about craft than, than I am about Kako. And it doesn't mean I don't like Kako. I mean, this is this is like the whole Miller versus Lundqvist debate. Just because I'm more excited about Lundqvist doesn't mean I don't like Miller. You know, it's like vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. I like both, but I still have a preference. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, so yeah, I fly in seven days. Oof, single digits. The countdown is getting real now.
1: Yes, it is. So I guess the next time we uh, we record, I mean, you're going to be in the states by then.
0: Yes, we can actually record at a decent hour.
1: Yes, not with uh, these weird hours where you're on a different time zone than me.
0: Yeah, uh, for once we'll be in. The, that'll be the first time we're in the same time zone as we record. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, isn't that Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, um, so the, that. the
1: other thing I was gonna. Uh, the other thing I want to run by by you guys is I'm actually gonna be at the game October third for the uh, for opening night against the Jets. Yeah. So I actually I, I secured a pair of tickets, my wife secu- secured a pair of tickets for me, so
0: you know, uh, um yeah. th- that might be the best chance for a team called the Jets to win a game in New York this year. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry. But um <laughs> I, I chased away half of our listeners now cuz they're all Jets fan.
1: Oh, I don't care. I
0: don't, I don't no but uh opening night against the winnipeg jets that'll be fun neil pionk is coming back to the garden (sighs) i can't wait you should be excited about that huh
1: oh yeah i'm excited about his
0: watching paint dry (laughs) look i hope he turns the puck over to Kako and off a few times
1: oh i'll be excited if he does i'll be excited when he's on the ice because i I know that i know we have a chance to score (laughs)
0: <laughs> it
1: tilts the eyes in our favor. Yeah, watch watch him do a very like a very um, when a player gets traded type thing and score on us just for just because that, that happens.
0: Oh um, yeah, the, you know the, the, there's two types of goal scorers in the NHL. There's former Rangers who score against us, and then there's players who do it every freaking year.
1: Yep, and 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 he's gonna be that guy. He's gonna come in and probably have like. Two points
0: or three is, points. Um, is Drew Stafford still playing? No. Because I think he, I, I feel like he still scores against us every year. Yeah, no. It feels like that has never ended. So.
1: Well, yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly how it is, dude.
0: My, uh, the first game I'll see this season at Madison Square Garden will be Kako versus Hughes. So nice. That'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, that's a,
1: that's a good one to go see, dude.
0: It'll be the third time they play, they play each other in 2019.
1: Now, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you anticipate... Um, here's an off-topic thing before we, before we get going. What do you anticipate from the first year of Jack Hughes?
0: Um, Jack Hughes, the first year, will be a middle six center... Who will alternate with Pavel Zaka for the second and third line role? Um, will probably put up forty to forty-five points, uh, but then get will get much better in years two, three, and four. Do
1: you expect him to struggle out the gate, or to be dominant off out the gate and then struggle towards the end? I
0: think I think he'll he'll be <clears throat> I, I think he'll be better early on because. NHL players to have to figure him out first
1: yeah I, I was actually leaning that way too is that I think he'll, he'll do well the first 20 to 30 games and then he'll probably hit a wall when people figure him out a little bit yeah. and then they'll be up to him to make the adjustments
0: yeah and um, I assume your second question will be what do you think Kako's production will be yep uh, that was the follow up um, I think Kako will have a better first season than Jack Hughes I think Kako will also improve, but not at the same pace as Jack Hughes. I think Jack Hughes, because he starts at a lower level, so to speak, will have a bigger improvement in years two, three, and four. I think Kako has the ability to put up 50 or 60 points.
1: That would be incredible.
0: A lot of that will depend on how David Quinn will use him. Yeah. Ideally top line with Panarin and Zibanejad, if he plays on the top line throughout the season with Panarin and Zibanejad, I'm confident he puts up 60 points. Do you foresee him being on the first pair with
1: Panarin and, 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 uh, and Mika then?
0: No. Okay. I, I think, I think Bucinevic will start as the, as the right winger on the top line. Um, and depending on how Karko or Kravtsov will do, uh, one of them will take over after a month or maybe six weeks.
1: Could you see Kako and Kraft up on the second line together?
0: No. Okay. Because Kreider is still, uh, is still there. Yeah, that's true. I, keep are, I mean, that. are you going to put Kreider on the third line? No. No, you're not. No. And, and Kreider is, for the first time in a long time, Kreider is now our second best left winger. Because for a long time, he was, he was our best option on the left wing. But now with Panarin, he's, he's number two. Will that impact his play? Will that, you know... It might, finally... take,
1: some, it might take some pressure off him. It might be better.
0: Will it fa- finally put him over the hump? Would it finally have him hit 60 points?
1: Maybe.
0: By the way, if, if Kako hits 60 points as a rookie, I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate yeah. for days... Because for years, we couldn't even have a player hit 60 points. And to have a rookie do it, I'd have to look up who the, who the last rookie for the Rangers was to put up 60 points. It might be Pruka. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for the season, man. Even if Kako doesn't put up 60 points, even if we finish fifth from the bottom, it's going to be a fun season to watch. With Kravtsov and Kako and Fox and whoever else makes the team. Yeah, I agree with that. We, we, are, we are finally moving on from the old team that, that got close, but not close enough. And yeah. a, a lot of fans are, are still upset that Zuccarello is gone, but I'm actually relieved. I'm happy that he's no longer on the team because now we can start our new chapter.
1: Yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting how we're 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 entering a whole new phase of of, of hockey for this franchise, um, and it's 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 uh, it, sometimes it still doesn't hit me enough yet that we finally did this because I, this is very un un Ranger like. You know, it's always let's just keep competing, let's just go out and whoever the older who, whoever the veteran is out there, sign him and let roll the dice again. You know, they're always willing to just you know. Go right back into it. And it's like, you know, one more, one more time, let's just roll the dice. And they yeah. finally took the different approach of, and which is more the prudent approach is let's just take our step off this, take a st- step off the, um, the accelerator for a second. Let's take a step back and really evaluate what's going on and really do this the right way.
0: Yeah. So we, I, I, we, we are still one step, uh, we're, still, we're still one step away from making this a successful rebuild, though. We need one more high pick, and by high pick, I don't mean seventh overall. I mean top three.
1: Uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I think I had I had somebody ask me the other day, like, would I be ha- What would make me happier? You know, eking into the like getting into the playoffs or getting a top ten pick? And I'm getting a top ten pick this year.
0: If if someone would ask me, which one would you prefer? A, sneaking into the playoffs, or B, and I'd go B. Because I don't want this team to make the playoffs. What, what – what, I mean, yeah, well, we're in the playoffs. What's that, a first-round exit against the Pittsburgh Penguins or Washington Capitals or whatever? Or, or you go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning and, 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 and you get swept? Yeah, right. I, I, they won't get swept again. Um, I don't want us to make the playoffs. I want us to do this right. No shortcuts. And honestly, I don't think this team has improved enough to go from sixth worst in the league to top half in the league. I just don't see, I just don't see it happening.
1: No, I, I, don't think it, I don't think it's happening now. But what I do like is all the pieces are in place to make that jump within the next 12 months.
0: Yes. Yes, we, we, we have all the pieces in place for 2021, 2022, 2023, and the years after to, to really compete for several years in a row and the last thing i want is to be like carolina hurricanes where you make the playoffs once every eight years and then make it to the conference final right
1: yeah i I don't want that either i want us to be competitive year in year out Yeah.
0: yeah i want us to be the boston bruins of the new decade me too that's
1: i mean i and i think and i think i think every ranger fan feels the same exact way yeah you know, nobody wants to be the team that goes in there and it's like, oh, well, we're good. And then it's like, yeah, and then not so much, you know, it, maybe you have a little run and then it kind of dies out real fast. And I don't think anybody really wants that. So uh-huh. I, 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 I tend to agree.
0: All right. I, I All think right. That's it because we wanted to end this like 30 minutes ago, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, we're going to wrap this up guys. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's really just a lot of conjecture of, I mean, Let's be honest. It's a lot of bullshit because there really isn't real hockey being played. So uh, next week we'll we record where there will actually be some you know, preseason hockey and we'll have a little bit more to at least talk about them.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll probably do the recording next week after the Devils game.
1: Yeah, that, that's probably going to be what we do. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, then. Uh, I'll talk to you next week when I'm in your
1: <laughs> Yeah, sounds good, guys.
0: All right.